Welcome back to North London's Most Red. This is probably the happiest you'll ever hear me on a podcast. We've just beaten Tottenham 3-1. I'm feeling great about things. Jamie, how you doing, man? You didn't sound that excited. I thought you were going to go, oh my God, guys, we won something. No, we were just saying before we got on the mic that um, it, you said it was Arteta's best game as manager, and I agree with you. I can't think of any better well, time than this. I want to say the first 45 minutes. The first half was definitely the best half that we've mm-hmm. ever played under mm-hmm. Arteta. I mean, I think we've had maybe collectively... 90 minutes better performances because I'd say like I won't go into too much specifics of the games like right now but like the last half an hour wasn't good like I mean when you go 3-0 up you can afford to be that bad in the last half an hour if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but I mean there was a there was a chunk of that game where Tottenham were the better team and I mean like I think we've had a couple of games where we've had like a dominant 90 minutes basically but in a high profile game North London you know North London derby you've got a you, you, you're not going to have 90 minutes to dominate. So, now nah, it's good, man. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. How are you? Uh, it's it's funny because we went from some of these other games where it felt like we just couldn't string a pass forward to, like, yeah. magnet passes to everyone's feet at every time. It shows time. we can do it, though. But then what's, so what's the difference between today and the other days? What's do the difference? Do you know what? The big, the big difference for me is the fact we're at home and we're playing Tottenham. Like... When the when the fans get behind us and off, the energy's different, and that's the problem. Like we need to, in a weird way, I know it sounds strange, but we need to approach every game like it's a North London derby against Tottenham, because the way we came today was correct. If we came like that against Chelsea and Man City, yeah, we probably wouldn't have won, but we'd have done a lot better. But look, the, you could tell by the way the players were playing is that they wanted to stick one up Tottenham, but you don't get that impression against Chelsea and City when we played them, and we really wanted it today, and even Brentford earlier in the season. It's, it's mad, bro. I, I, seeing Harry Kane get fucking just bottling everything was just, oh, it was even better. No Premier League goals this season. He's been absolutely trash. Best player on the pitch for Arsenal was Harry Kane today. And I'm joking, but he, he it was just great seeing his stupid face. Oh, I loved it, mate. <laughs> I, um... I don't want to be negative. We'll go and talk about more positive mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, I've got nothing negative to say. The only negative is why can't we do that every week? Which obviously yeah. everyone will go, you know, why can't we replicate no, but that? I think, I think that's natural though. It is yeah. natural. And you climb to the to the occasion, to a point, right? You play your best football yeah. when you've got to. If you play against, um, not necessarily easier people, but in some levels, like if you've got to play your best, you will usually play your best. But if you're yeah. not, if you don't have to, it's less... and. That doesn't even mean that when we play worse, people we play worse. It's just we ha- we played up to the occasion today, and it yep, shows yep, that they can yep. do it. They can all go for it, man. There was so much creativity in the team today. There were so many passes, one touch balls going around, fluid movements, people making space, people making things happen, people playing between the lines and like losing their man, actually being creative and not just being rigid in these like structures that we've seen and previously blamed Arteta for. Now you know we've shown that you know he might be shouting at them because they did not do what he said today, but he might have told them to do that which means that there is life in this system yet. Yeah. And so and I, so if we can do that, why have we seen people struggling to make six-yard passes for 90 minutes straight before in other games when they can do that kind of stuff today? Well, do you know what? Like, the big thing for me, that there, there's no hiding the fact we've won the last three games with the same back five, like Ramsdale and our back four. And knowing you have security in goal with Ramsdale, who's vocal, had a brilliant game today. And the back four, this is our best back four. Like, no matter what anyone says, like, what we've got this season, this is our best back four. The team is so much more comfortable when you've got a back four and a keeper that you can trust. And I, I think it's really, like, really, really big and people underrate it. But, like, look at all the 
pretty much the top teams. They've got, they know their back four. They know who their goalkeeper is. There's not any questions before the game. I mean, you could say there was a slight one in the team section in terms of Leno, but I think every Arsenal fan wanted Ramsdale to play. He's more vocal. You know what I mean? He's got so many more strings to his bow. Leno's a decent shot stopper. That's pretty much it. He can't play around the ball at his feet at the back very well. Like, Jimmy, there's a few things. I'm not going to hate on Leno too much. I don't want to be negative. Right. But, you know, I was surprised that Xhaka coming back in. I think that that was brave. Uh, ultimately, it worked out. Um, Jack had a really good game, but that could have gone wrong. But luckily, Arteta got it right today. I'm not going to hate on his team selection whatsoever. And his front four selection today was absolutely perfect, spot on. Yeah. Putting Saka back on the right, massive difference. You know, I'm not. I don't always think Emil Sofro on the left wing is the, yeah, the best. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. But today it worked. Yeah, like it, it did. You, the, you couldn't fault it whatsoever. And the thing is, I I was critical of Odegaard last season. But the way he started this season with Arsenal... The work rate on that whole pitch for the whole 90 minutes. That's what I mean. And I was... He started the press and he was the one carrying the press for so much of that game. And that's what I mean. And last season... In his last kind of 10 games of last season when he wasn't really like getting into games, he wasn't really getting assists. He controlled the tempo quite well, but he just... He wasn't doing enough. And he, he wasn't bringing the energy. But this season, he's really bringing it. And like, I... You know, I've got to say, I'm I'm being proven wrong every week with Odegaard. I really think that he, he could be a really, really big player for us. But the key to it is, is that we need to keep Odegaard, Saka, Smith-Rowe on the pitch. Them three players, like Aubameyang, yeah, like, don't get me wrong, good goal today. But we need to keep them three players because they're going to be our biggest three players in forward positions this season, 100%. Yeah. It's going to be difficult for people like Martinelli and Pepe to get in the team like that because Pepe played the first few games. Um you know, wasn't always dreadful, but, you know, wasn't the end of last season, Pepe. Yeah, he didn't do anything like today. Like but the other the three now who have come across the front line, I don't know how you can ever make your case to get in front of any of them. So, I hope, honestly, I don't really see Pepe as the type of guy that, like, when you put him under pressure, he yeah. rises to it. So, I'm not sure we'll see a new Pepe, but I hope we see a new Pepe because we spent a lot of money on him. And I do like him when he's at his best. The season's long as well. Like you need, we need to remember that. Like, like ultimately, less games, no, no Europe. Yeah, for sure. But what, one of one of not the, one of them three, but some forward players are going to get injuries or they're going to need a rest at some point. And the beauty of having players and in depth team where we can bring on Pepe and bring on Martinelli, bring on Lacazette to come in these positions. If 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 our players start dropping form or one of them gets injured or one of them's burnt out or tired, we can bring one of them in and they're. I'm not going to say just as good, but they can do a job. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's exciting because that means that the competition gets raised and performances have to raise. So Martinelli, Lacazette, then players, they have to raise their game when they come into the team. So it creates competition for places. And that's what we've needed for ages. We've got a lot better squad depth this season. Although, like, a lot of our signings, you wouldn't instantly be like, oh, they're all first 11 type players. But they've raised the competition. Ramsdale, when he first came, me and you said it. We weren't sure if he was good enough for Arsenal. He's yeah. raised his game. He's kicked Leno out of the Not team. Not only that, he's raised everyone around him's game. Have you seen, like, whenever Tommy Asu does it's, something, he comes over, so like... Chest bumps him whenever Gabriel or Ben White does something. They're hugging each other. They're going for it. They're raising each other's game. That's the culture you you need. Bro, that's what... Do you know when I said to you, the most important thing over the last three games has been our back five, our keeper and our back four. It is so underrated. Like, there's so many Arsenal teams throughout the years where you don't trust your back four. And you, you like, you know, you've wobbly Mustafi. You've got, do you know what I mean? Koscielny, like, doing some shit house. No, Koscielny was solid. and all that. Yeah, but sometimes he wouldn't be. But all, um, look, you can make mistakes occasionally. But all, all I'm trying to allude to is the fact that our back four seems secure. You know, you might have a Ben White fuckery occasionally. But in general, we're okay. 
It and feels like they're confident it. enough to deal with any mistakes as well, though. Like, they're just with it. They're sharp. Well, yeah. I don't want to jump too far ahead because I actually want to go into the game. But, like, many of Arsenal teams, when Tottenham got their got their goal, would have, you know, collapsed. Well, not collapsed, but they would have invited a lot more pressure than we did. But yeah. we, we, held, we held on. But, obviously, I want to go into the game, though, like, for sure. Because I don't want to skirt around it too much. But, like, that was... That was such a good start, though, man. Honestly, yeah. like just high tempo, like the fans behind us, and you know, I was thinking to myself, like, I honestly think that if the fans weren't there, I'm not sure their level of performance would be anywhere near the same because they get a buzz off the fans, and that's why home thing. advantage is massive. Like, and you saw the statistics in COVID, where like away teams were winning a lot more because mm-hmm. there's no fans, man, and yeah. espe- especially on a North, Lo- North London derby, the fans are up for it. They want the team to go crazy. As soon as there's a tackle, massive roars. Puts Tottenham under pressure. And I don't care what anyone says. Even if you're a professional footballer, if you've got 60,000 fans in a football stadium against you, you feel the pressure. You don't play to your absolute peak. Like, you know, there's certain players where, like, Ronaldo, say Messi, where they're, like, elite, elite, elite players. And they could, sometimes they use that fans booing them or, or jeering them, and they make themselves better through it. But majority of players are not got that mental fortitude where they they can get booed or they can get fucking put under pressure by 50,000 60,000 people and they're going to be better players for it most of them don't and Tottenham were started slow Arsenal put them under an intense pressure we pressed them we won the ball in good places and we absolutely battered them especially in the first 30 minutes man yeah yeah um right the two I guess most exciting players for us as fans are yeah. The two that came up through the academy, yeah. the two that are young, exciting, Arsenal men through and through, are obviously Saka and Smith-Rowe. Both of them got a goal and both of them yeah. got an assist today. Alba also got on the score sheet, which is great. Mm-hmm. But that is a commanding performance from the two young Arsenal players yeah. in the future. And it was nice to see, even when Saka came on, we had Maitland-Niles come on from the academy. Yeah. It was uh, Obviously, we spent a lot of money, right? We spent £50 million on Ben White. We spent... More money on Partey, Ramsdale, or Tommy Asi, or other players. But we've mixed that with our own people. That I mean, and I yeah. think that we've been buying players with good mentalities anyway. I think, uh, you know, Tommy Asu looks He's to be, a have a great mentality. Ramsdale's got a great, great personality that we, you need yeah. at a club. Hopefully, yeah. I haven't don't know much about Ben White's personality, but with those strong personalities mixed with the people that understand Arsenal from the ground up, having been there since they were children, that's a recipe for success. Bro, you got fucking Smith Rowe making comments saying that that's the best day of his life today and stuff like that, man. Like, that's the sort of shit that makes me happy and ma- makes us love us as Arsenal fans. Like, Smith Rowe and Saka, Tottenham was scared every time we got the ball. Like, I've got a mate who's a Tottenham fan that says one on one, Tenganga's quality and he's a great defender. You got Tell that to Smith Rowe. Tell that to Smith Rowe right now. Tell, well, Saka was going on everything. Like, and that's another Regalon's difference. Regalon's a shit defender, though. Like, he's good going forward, but he's terrible. But what, what I want to say is also that whenever Pepe would be in a 1v1, I didn't feel confident that something good would happen from it a lot of the time. I felt like he'd slip or he'd, like, let it go and he'd get tackled or something. With Saka, I feel like something's going to happen here when he's going one-on-one with a defender and he can go on the inside or he can put it out for a, like a, a, you know, a cross in. Yeah. And every time he would go 1v1 with their fullback, I was thinking, like, something can re- like this is on here. I had confidence. I felt good about it. And I, I, I understand how Man City must feel now with their wingers that can yeah. beat anyone and make something happen. This is the big difference for me today, right? So Saka was back playing in the right wing position, yeah? The big difference today is Saka's two most meaningful touches, the assist... 
and his goal were scored by his right foot. The difference with Saka and Pepe is Pepe doesn't do them passes yeah. and, and that goal today. Because Pepe will not use his right foot. Saka is unpredictable. Although, yeah, don't get me wrong, any player is going to want to go on their stronger foot. For the assist, he used his right foot to play into Smith Rowe for a... For not tap him but you know it was a good box goal yeah. where he's in the six yard box he's alert the Tottenham defenders are switched off they're not ready for it they're feeling the pressure it's a simple 1-0 goal but he uses like Saka's using his right foot more and that's that's the key to being a great player like the reason why Ronaldo is such a great player is because he'll take shots with his right foot he'll take shots with his left foot anywhere like they'll use both feet and the best players use both feet you know you can say Messi doesn't but like in general like the highest standard of player will use both well, feet and be good at it it gives you another option it yeah. makes you it, not even if you're like you could have both feet right and only use one but as long as the defender thinks you could go either way because he doesn't know that you're exactly. 100% going to try and cut it in on the left with Pepe then you're more dangerous he will be less comfortable forcing you out or making a move mm-hmm. to any side because he knows you've got all them weapons in your arsenal is even ah. if you're not going to use it, it's yeah. a it's a it's an advantage to have, and you know that that Im, impinges in, like exactly. on on the defender and makes them make worse decisions. And that's what I mean. And then today, like to go into the worst foot thing even more, right? A Bamiyang's goal. Smith Rowe plays it with his left foot. A Bamiyang scores with his left foot. They both both of them touches are with weaker feet, and it should be encouraged. Like I'm look, I'm saying if you get a chance where you can shoot with your right, and the right's the dominant foot. Always go with your dominant foot. But if you're going to get a situation where you're going to miss up, a, where you're going to miss the opportunity to take a shot, if you go on your weak foot, always hit it with your weak foot, because nine times out of ten, you're not going to get, in a, you're not going to shift it across your better foot to get in a position to shoot. If Bam, if Abamian goes to shoot with his right foot today, he doesn't score that chance that's played to him. It's a good he went with his well. left. It's brave. Yeah, it was it was scuffed. It it wasn't like a clean finish by any stretch of the imaginations, but they all count, man. And our counter-attacking was brilliant today and it's rare that we actually score counter-attacking goals yeah, at home yeah I was going to say we set up differently today yeah but I think Tottenham just they were set up too passive like they had three holding midfielders but well it, it wasn't really it seemed, three holding midfielders it, it pretty was, much was Ali and um, and Don Bele but when you've got Don Bele it's like having Xhaka because he doesn't cover any ground yeah, but I, I, Ali wasn't too far forward, to be fair, though. I felt like they were playing freeholder most of the time, or at least yeah, definitely you, free central. They, but they didn't plan on it because he would be yeah. up the pitch. Yeah, obviously he got subbed off, but mm, um, to. you play him at like shadow striker or like mm-hmm. Cam at least, or even further forward. So like, I don't feel like... I think he wasn't put there. He ended up further yeah. back because they were like... ended up being hesitant because every time they pushed forwards, they got countered. Yeah, for sure. And my favourite goal today was the Saka goal. The, one of the biggest reasons was Harry Kane starts to move off by losing the ball, which is hilarious by itself. Then we counter. Then Saka drives into the box. Harry Kane fucks up his clearance, falls over the ball. Saka pockets him, puts it in the net, mate. So he's got Harry Kane assist Saka today. <laughs> like, can't get any goals or assists for Tottenham, but he'll happily give them to his boyhood club, Arsenal. Fucking love it. It's Asian in disguise, man. It's the long con. He's going to come to Arsenal. He's doing a Sol Campbell right now, bro. You hit it, hit it <laughs> well, speaking of crazy transfers, did you see who was in the stands today? Sitting next to Thierry, sitting next to Thierry Henry himself, yeah. Yeah, but he ain't nothing happening with that, man. Well, he's there. He's being president. It's, uh, you know, it's the mind games. He's yeah, there in know. the waiting in the background. 
if I was the Cronkies, I'd have a visual identification thing and be like, don't let this man in the stadium. Yeah, the, the problem with the Cronkies, though, is they can't go against Thierry Henry because if they did, then Arsenal fans would revolt. That's no, the and, they can't and publicly criticise Thierry Henry for both, either. Both Henry and Ek know that, which is why uh-huh. Henry is making appearances with Ek to legitimise him and make it like a you can't criticise this or you're the bad person type of thing, which is a clever PR move. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, I don't want to go into that too much, but like, we're not going to, you know, I don't think a takeover is going to happen anytime soon. I, I just find it interesting that, like, so Tottenham won the first three games of the season, they've lost the next three, which is a complete reverse to us. And I was speaking to my Tottenham mate just before we did this podcast, to be fair, and he said to me, and which I completely agree with, he said, I'd much rather be in Arsenal's position when having won three than to win the first three games of the season and to lose three because they're in that kind of vicious cycle which they need to get out of and we're going to be confident and we're going to hopefully progress it forward and we'll see what happens but I'm excited man you know do you know I mean when you have such a disheartening season I don't know if this is just me being kind of like wishful thinking but I'm really kind of excited for the next the next games because like looking at our run-up like we've we've definitely got winnable games yeah well interesting it's brighton next week oh i've got a question about that they can go top (laughs) that's crazy man that's actually crazy yeah um we won't go into that yet we'll go into the brighton pre-match later on yeah yeah for sure but before that i want to talk about something that arteta said after the norwich win when we scraped a one nil win that was quite dominant but we only got the one and he said this was after there was a lot of pressure you know and yeah. everyone was thinking what is going on here we haven't scored a goal we've got no points from three games and he, we, after, we won that game and he said this is the best time the best 10 to 14 days I've had since I joined the club and you know he like it was he he reveled in the struggle almost because it made the, the payoff better he yeah. like it, and to be fair imagine how stressful it is when you're in charge of one of the biggest yeah. clubs in the world and everyone hates you it's not good when it goes bad it goes bad and that's you know the that's part of the job. It's that's where you modern, get paid millions. And I'm not trying well. to... Yeah, 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 it is modern society as well. Um, you know, especially with social media and whatever. I hope he's not on there. He shouldn't be on there. It's a detraction. No, he, he is. But he, is. He, um, he said that has been... And you wouldn't think this... Not just my 10 to 14 best days in management, but my best 10 to 14 days in football. Better than his whole playing yeah. career. To get a 1-0 scrappy win against Norwich at home. And to that. me... Having now seen what we've done, to say something like that suggests I believe something has fundamentally changed from his point of view. And so then we've gone on to beat Spurs and we're all super happy now. But that it was an interesting thing for me to hear because there's an honesty to that. Yeah. There's an honesty to like I've like there's a self-awareness in going I've been really under it and we've done this Mm -hmm. and we pulled through and it's like a we team thing because you don't say something like that if you're scared you've lost the dressing room so it suggests that they're trying to build something together and that he's made changes that he wants to make because a lot of the criticisms we had for him was that he was not changing what he wants when it could make better things and that suggests a willingness to change so I'm not going to get too over the top but it feels positive right now yeah man for sure and you know it is an interesting comment because to be honest especially with the way social media and stuff is these days that could that comment could go really horribly wrong if if we lost to burnley and we lost today do you mean two games that we had potential to lose like 
let's not fuck about. Like, yeah. we it was a big departure from his media play before that, which was the the, the stoic, yeah. not like not saying much. That comment could really have gone yeah, down terribly. It's a risk. Um, especially like if we lost the next few games and stuff like that. But look, at the end of the day, like looking at our first six games, the maximum points you could probably say is that we would probably get is twelve. You know, you could say yeah, Chelsea. And, Chelsea, you'd say Chelsea and City games we're probably going to lose. Like ninety percent chance of us losing. Like let's not fuck about, right? You'd say that we should. I would we have said we could won. win the Chelsea game, but then we could. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, we could have won the Brentford game, which would give us the opportunity to yeah. lose against Chelsea, which means that that's if we I mean. we have to win the Spurs team to get back into it, basically. So yeah, like, and that's what I mean, but I'm saying... But if you draw points, one, I'd basically. say 10. I'd say 10 points. But I'd say, you, you, realistically, like as an Arsenal fan, the best outcome is probably about 12 points, right?-ish. Okay, yeah. For the first six games. So you could say, yeah, we might Yeah, if we Chelsea beat Brentford, you can lose yeah. all wins, Spurs and Chelsea. Yeah. So, like, roughly, I'm talking about... And, you know, look, we've won three games in a row. We've got nine points out of six games. It's not good enough, right? But it gives us something to build off. And this is what I want to go in. Before we obviously talk about the Brian game, I've got a question um, from one of our comments on YouTube. And it's asking... Um, I'll just get it up quickly so I can... So it's from True North. Um, and he's he's put, does this mean Arteta will stay? Well, clearly. <laughs> but he's put, and what's the thoughts on the next upcoming five fixtures and how many points in the next 15 games so i wanted to kind of get your your take on this as well so obviously like arteta is going to stay like they're not going to sack him after three games you know long term i don't know if he will i think that's quite obvious whether quite obvious with that we don't know whether that will happen but the next the next five games are brighton away which we'll do a pre-match for we'll talk about in a bit which we can definitely win. It's going to be a hard game. Don't get well, me wrong. they're in the best place they yeah. could have been in, really. They've got they seem to be scoring goals now, which was their problem before. But that also means they can be complacent as well, because they've had such a good start. They can afford to lose a game if that makes sense. You get there's two ways you can look at it. You can think shit, Brighton are in really good form at the moment, or you can think right, Brighton are in such good form. They've got quite a few points. They can actually lose this. I said like, this in the summer. I would have Graham Potter at Arsenal. I've said it's. Yeah. I've rated him like. A long time. I really but we ain't, man. We've got to stick with our turf for now. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, I'm saying Brian's definitely winnable, but I can see what us are the getting next a point. four after that. Yeah, I can see us getting a point. So, the one after that's Crystal Palace at home. Okay, we've I'd expect to win. To win. I'd expect to win for sure. Aston Villa at home. Oof, you know, they're, they're playing good football, yeah, man. They're playing good beatable. football. Definitely beatable. We have to win that one because they're um, kind of rivals now. I'm not going into the Leeds game because it's an EFL Cup. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm not talking about that. Leicester away tough but they're not playing well we beat them 3-1 they may have turned it around by then though we beat them 3-1 last season and then we got Watford at home okay we can win so potentially the the three home games are Watford Aston Villa Crystal Palace I'd expect at least seven points from that I'd say if you win two of them 100% well you have to or it's a big drop and then Aston Villa is win half the time draw half the time the expected points from that is eight what from the from the five games from about? those th- those three games so eight, eight points eight points because two points from the Villa game because you win half and you draw half for a point and three no that doesn't make any sense that's just blowing my mind you can't get eight points from. from never heard of expected games, value before nah it's dumb that doesn't make any <laughs> sense anyway so I'm saying for them five games that, that look I don't imagine we're going to win eight Premier League games in a row it'd be amazing if we could but so, I would ex- so it's away against Leicester and it's away against who Brighton Bryson, of course, of course. All right. Okay, so I would, I would expect 
We'll not maybe not expect because we don't know what to expect with this Arsenal team. I'm That's gonna go eleven team. points out of those five games. Yeah, I would I would expect at least one of them away wins. I want at least one win away. And I'm trying to work it out. I've gone for three it, points in my um, head. from the away games. One win, <laughs> in one In my loss. head, I'm like, fuck around. I'm like, four wins, one draw. It's acceptable. <laughs> Go on, you make that prediction on No, I'm, sa- I'm saying it right now. Ooh. I'm saying, wait, actually, I actually, I've got a funny feeling that we will actually beat Brighton, beat Crystal Palace, beat Aston Villa, lose to Leicester and beat Watford. I think we'll That's lose one of the games. I think we'll get 12 points out of them. But is it wishful thinking me, Brighton? I, I just think that we can beat Brighton. I feel like they're, they're a good team on their day, though. That's the thing. But to be fair, uh, Ben White might be telling our boys how to play against yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, especially off the buzz of the Tottenham game, I think we can go into that game and we can win it. It's, it's going to be tricky. Tell it's Ben White be tricky. it's a cool Basuma and say, if you throw this one, there's an extra 10 yeah. grand a week in the we'll contract in we'll January. Yeah. But nah, so I think, I think look, anything below 10 points is not acceptable. This is going to be the easier run of games that we have yeah. this season. To be fair, in our first six games, we play three of the big six, the traditional big six. Yeah. Um, those are tough games. For sure. So but, we kind of deserve this. Obviously, Leicester are a tough team, but they're they're getting it back together now. Vardy's scoring goals again, but they had a really torrid start to the season. So this is maybe... I mean, it's difficult to say because we're not playing them next week. It's going to be a few weeks away, but this might be a better time to play them. And we have to win all those home games against bottom half teams. And really, the Villa game is huge because they got three points away against Man U a couple of days ago. That's yeah. a good result. And yeah, it's we, good. They, they, I mean, they're spending money like they're at our level and they're acting ambitious like they're at our level. We have to come above them significantly. We have to beat them comfortably. Yeah, you know, we lost 3-0 to them last season at home. We need to avenge that as well. Yeah, 100%. Really so, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I've got another question from the podcast people as well. If you're The podcast if you're people. It, man. Yeah, man. The people that listen. The Go people, on. Man. Are you not going to shout them out? What's their names? <laughs> I was about to say it, man. Chill. The podcast so people. What a nice name for the community. <laughs> Shut up, bro. Right. I don't know, man. Just allow it. Stop being weird. So this one's from Ace himself. There's a few questions in this. Go on. So how long are you willing to give Albert if Arteta gets sacked? That's the first one. And who will replace him? So I think it, I think it's basically asking, like, if Arteta gets sacked, how long do you think that Arteta, Alba will stay? Or how long are you willing to give him as Arsenal fan? Well, remember, his contract runs for another year I and a half. I don't think going anywhere. So even if he's shit, like he'll just be on the bench for a year next season. Yeah. It's whatever. You can't get rid of that. Yeah. I'd, Which I'd, is not horrible. Like, he's an expensive bench player, but he was worth it at the time. Mm, yeah. Uh, I think Alba might have turned a corner. Like, he scored against Tottenham. He's got, I think he's got five goals this season. I mean, three of them have come against West Brom. Yeah. So, I mean, his his, his goals per and game. When did the other one come Isn't from? bad. Um, he scored against. Was it Norwich? Yes. Oh, yeah, he got the tap terrible. in. He got the tap. He got the tap in. Remember, right, right, they right. hit the post twice, and he did that little weird flick. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. It, cool. Yeah, it went in. So he scored against Norwich. He's got a goal against Tottenham, and then the three goals against West Brom. So. I'm happy of Alba at the moment. I mean, obviously, I think any Arsenal fan would have wanted him to do more against Chelsea and Man City, but I think the whole team played poorly against that. I can't single Aubameyang out for hate, specifically him. I think this is a team where if we play well as a team, 
they're not better players and more likely to score. And I mean, that's obvious anyway. That's just football. No, but, but he, I know what you mean. Yeah. He's not someone that drags you up from the bottom. No, he's not going to get you a, like, a consolation goal and like, skin five players and get it. He complements you know, a good team them. rather than exactly. creating one. Um, the next question is, we've obviously spoke about who will replace Arteta all the time if he gets sad. We've gone into it way too much. You know, Graham Potter's a good shout as well, especially mm-hmm. if Brian continue well. But I don't. After Arsenal winning, no disrespect to that comment, but I don't really want to talk about Arsenal, Arteta against that because I want to keep it positive. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't think Arteta's so out for the long you. term. That's so I don't, I don't, look, I'm not gonna lie. I don't want Arteta to stay long term, but I ain't gonna hate on him when he's just been Tottenham three-one. I, I, I just, after normally, that normally I'll be down for that comment. I'll be down for that comment so much, and that would be one of my favourite type of comments because I get an opportunity to say how bad Arteta is as a manager. But today, it's it's almost blasphemy when you've just been Tottenham three-one. <laughs> Right, so um, did you see him getting all crazy with the celebrations after each goal? Yeah, man, he had to find a, a new celebration each time. He was running out of places to run to, <laughs> all the different people to hug. The yeah. third one, he just goes and looks at the Tottenham fan. I think this is a good. There's a good question as well. Um, that's part of it, which is, what do you think? Where do you? What do you think? Where do you think Arsenal finish this season? Now that this is happening, what do we think, or where do we want? What's the? What's a realistic? Where do, where do we think? What's yeah. realistic? I feel like. The top four is pretty much decided. It's the classic generic comment that everyone's saying this season. But I think the top four, the, the current top four, is in Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, and uh, and Brighton, <laughs> Man United. They're they're the they're literally the going to be top four this season. In my yeah, opinion, the, the, they're too strong. The big six has sort of uh, ceased to be um, an unpredictable sort of entity because the difference in squad quality between the top four and then Spurs and Arsenal is bigger than it's yeah. ever been it's honestly even probably the worst team in that four Man U have signed Ronaldo and one of the best defenders in the world <laughs> like oh, and Sancho to boot like yeah. it's those kinds of signings in any other decade would make you a surefire title winner but now in the age of everyone signing yeah. the world-class players in this league it doesn't, but they've signed three. Like I'll say, Sancho, mm-hmm. three top, top, top players. Yeah, for sure. And that is not something. Even though we spent the most money that we can build against right now, because they've gone for the short term, twenty eight and thirty six year olds. We've gone for twenty two, twenty one, twenty nineteen year olds. Yeah, for sure. So for me, like Fifth or looking sixth. at it, so for me looking at it is, if we finish fifth, that's I think that's the best of the rest. So. If we finish fifth, I think Arteta's met expectations. I think if we come in the top four, which is, I don't think it's going to happen, he's gone way beyond expectations. But I think if we come anything below sixth, I think he's really underperformed. Like, and yeah. I, I don't want to be comfortable saying that fifth or sixth is good enough because I genuinely don't think it is. But when you consider the top four, we have to go above what's. We have to. I'm, I'm trying to. If we'd signed like, Varane, Sancho, yeah. and Ronaldo, we'd go absolutely. Yeah. We have to go top four. But we've decided yeah. to spend the money in uh, an area that will probably have the most pronounced effect in three yeah. or four years. So we have to sort of judge them by current ability rather than future payoff. So we don't need to. We also need to remember as well, and I think this is important, that just because we've gone for the long term, that we're not just looking at long term results. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So that's obviously important well, to me. Well, with these type of things, you have to see where does this look yeah. like it's going. If we play good football and we don't get necessarily the best results, that's okay. That's okay. 
because as long as you know that in a couple of years they're going to be able to hit that little pass or they're going to do that final little thing that's the difference between a yeah. broken down move and the goal, that's okay. That's why we bought the younger players. But if they're not playing good football and it doesn't look like we're going somewhere and yeah. there's no process to trust, then that's not good enough. Do you want to hear something crazy as well? Go on. I've just been looking at the Premier League table, right? The only team that are unbeaten this season are Liverpool. Everyone else has lost and we're six games into the season. Last that's crazy. season, uh, everyone had lost by six games and it was the first time that had ever happened. That's crazy, though. Like, I, I just think that's that's mental. That's blowing my mind. Liverpool are drawn twice, they won four. But, like, they're the, like the, basically what I'm trying to allude to is the fact that we're going to get Invincibles again this season. <laughs> <laughs> Never to be repeated. Hopefully. It better It'll happen one time. When Watford yeah. beat Liverpool, man, I was so happy. Yeah, that was the most gas. But we beat them later in that season. No, anyway. but they wouldn't they'd have lost that game league. if yeah, they yeah. hadn't lost already. <laughs> Yeah, you can say that, but you know they'd already won the league and we, we beat them. But you know that's that's history, man. That's history. Do you want to go in this Brighton pregame then? Let's do it. So you know I really rate Graham Potter. Yeah. Um, you love it, man. I've read a lot about him. There's a there's a book I read on football and the, like, the management good. tactics they use, and he gets his own chapter Absolute for his geek, time man. in geek. for his time in Ostersunds uh, when he started, and they were in the fourth division in I believe Sweden. Took them to the first division, got them I think seventh, but then they won the the local cup and got into the Europa League will remember facing them in the in the league because they managed to somehow get through on a shoestring budget of like English rejects in, who like got rejected out of League 2 yeah um, got out of their group stage which I think had like Galatasaray in it don't quote me something like that Yeesh. one of those like bigger teams yeah. gets drawn against none other than the Gunners themselves in the last 32 Yeesh. go to the Emirates and beat us 3-2 <laughs> So to do oh, yeah, that with yeah, a bunch yeah, of like sure. n- not like for sure future professionals is crazy. Yeah, I mean it would have been more impressive if it was if it wasn't against Arsenal. To be honest, <laughs> just because we can be typically flimsy, not as flimsy as Tottenham. But at home, at wrong, home, but in a team yeah. that had Ozil in it. Anyways, he then goes. We'll get back to the Brighton stuff. I think this is the yeah, important yeah, yeah. backstory. He then goes and gets an offer to job at Swansea in the Championship. Mm-hmm. Takes them to, I believe, close to the playoffs of the playoffs for one season. Then gets poached by Brighton, and the rest is history. Yeah. I think that um, even when Brighton were like almost getting relegated, and they've kind of gone above that level now, they were playing good football. It was just a lack of end product. Um, but now it seems to have come together. Obviously, they're only five games in, but they they have a good team. They play good football, and they're managed by a good manager. And They've got a couple players that I'd happily have at Arsenal, man. Bissouma, obviously, but... <laughs> well, there, yeah. Nah, Bissouma, yeah, good player. But the, the, I think the thing is with Brighton is more than personnel, is that they've got a system, they know how to play it. They've they've kind of worked on that system for the couple of years that he's been there, and they're, they're, they're getting to perfect it. And I know that the sample size for this season is only five games. They've got four, four wins and one loss, but... They'd, they've made improvements from last season. Last season, they weren't finishing their chances. They weren't scoring goals. They were dominating games, but they weren't winning them. They were losing games 1-0 where they'd have 20 shots at goal and things like that. Yeah. And this season, the big difference is, is when they're hitting the post or hitting it slightly wide, they're actually putting it in the net this season. And they've still only scored seven goals in their five games, which is worth noting. Um, got but they're not, defense, they're not conceding at the same rate, yeah. And I think... A lot of Brighton's games last season, not from what I watched, 
I spe- I remember a Man United game where they lost three two in the end. Some fuckery, some penalty in like the hundredth minute. Fernandez, classic Man United. But they hit the bar that game about three times. They, you know, they absolutely dominated the game. But they ended up losing it. And I think this season, you know, like I said, sample size is small, but they're playing good football and they are finishing chances. It just it depends what Brian turns up. Yeah. And I think if it's the Brian that's been playing the first five games of this season, we're going to have problems. But our defence has shown... also a knack for beating us at the Emirates. Yeah, I know, but this this is an away game. Oh, fuck, of course. All right, we'll win then. Three <laughs> But I think last season it was a 1-0. Saka doing a really good run. And I think Lacazette scored uh, the only goal of the okay, game, okay. from what I remember, at their ground. It was a very shit game, like, don't get me wrong. Um, I think we scored in like the 70th minute and then held on, but... Yeah, we just we need to approach it right, and I think it's on Saturday at half five from what I can see. So I just expect the boys to start the game like they did today against Tottenham. Away from home, it's not quite the same. It's not North London derby, but we need to approach the game right. We need to have a good start, you know, good first twenty minutes. And the game, the games that we win in the, we tend to win, especially hard games. When we start well, we normally we put ourselves in a good position. We don't want to concede an early goal. We don't want to fuck about. Let's start Ramsdale again. Let's start the same back four. I don't really think you can change the team or not much after after that result that we got today. So I, I unless for injuries or kind of any other kind of reason apart from you know maybe COVID or something like that, I think that we have to start the same eleven realistically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're going to write... I well, it looks like Xhaka won't be back for the game. Yeah, okay. Why wouldn't Xhaka be back? Did you see the way he came off? Oh, shit, shit, yeah, yeah, no. He got injured today, actually. Potentially. I mean, Lucas just absolutely fell into him for their goal, which mm. I don't know how it's not a free kick, but whatever. Um, but th- we, th- to be fair, looking at it, we, ha- we do have a two-week break after the Brighton game. So... Play our best team. You got, haven't got to worry about wrestling players. If Jack is injured, yeah, put Sambi in um, for sure. Um, and at first, and especially in today's game, I, I was surprised Sambi didn't start. But you know, Jack played well, and we might need his his kind of his play against Brighton. Um, you know, weird things are happening today, mate. I'm asking for Jack to be in the team in the next game, and I'm I'm not trashing our tail whatsoever. So. I don't know what's happened to me, man. I'm just high off the North London win, man. I'll, I'll be real. I don't think we're going to concede against Brighton. I don't feel. I feel like that we all we have what it takes to keep them out. I think we will. I think it'll be quite a hard-scoring game. I'm going to go for a three-two. To be fair, I'm going exactly the same as last season. One-nil. One-nil. Mm. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know why I've gone three-two. To be honest, but I'm going to stick with no, that. No, you ain't no stick with your guns, bro. Don't, don't, man, don't be chill, 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 influenced. Chill. I know I'm amazing, but you can stick with your guns. Yeah, man, I'm going free too. Amazing. Right. What are you amazing about? Man? You're trash. You're trash at everything. <laughs> I'm thinking 1 0. I think 1 0. I don't Wait, see little Morpe doing man. much against us. They've got good like Welbeck. link up players. I rate McAllister. Welbeck's not scoring against us. <laughs> Mate, he will. We always have former players. <laughs> Watch the chaos factor. Shit house, <laughs> no, I think we're looking solid. I don't see our fullbacks giving any way Welbeck's to the coming, players. Man. Don't Wait, say that. That's going to be the headline of the podcast, man. Return of the Welbs. It's coming, man. But like he'll only score. He'll only score, man. He will still win three two. You got it. And do you know what? Like, like I said, the first eleven. I think that the play today is going to start. But I do want to see Lacazette, man. I'm a bit sad about that. But then he doesn't deserve being in the team. It makes me upset. I don't know how to explain it. 
I can't articulate it in the right way. Well, when Albert and him first were sort of doing the business, there was the how do we get them both in the squad, and they were sort of taking each other's positions. But then Albert went out yeah, right. They can really play now. Them. Neither of them are sort of the way massive stars that they were a couple of years back, and now we've got new stars coming through, homegrown yeah. stars. They don't have that kind of star power and that clout anymore. So for him, Lacquer as someone who is good but isn't yeah. setting the Premier League alight. How do you justify putting him into the squad when he isn't going to be a massive dis- difference maker? He's solid, but it's not the difference maker. So when no one's messing up, he doesn't get in. Yeah, man. No, that does make sense. And I think, yeah, like it takes bad form from a bad game for things to change or from one of our other front three. <laughs> yeah, lo- this time last season, we had no creativity and we were playing Lacazette at 10. That's how desperate we were. But now it's a different story. It's a spoiler of riches one at thing, the up front. One thing, actually, that I want to I wanna allude to, because obviously we did this in the Burnley game. And I don't know if Brighton away is going to be similar, whether he'll default back to this, but could could you see him going back to one holding midfielder and playing two more attacking players? As in, like, I think if we were at played- home, yeah, not away. But we did play it away at Burnley. But is that because Burnley but don't Burnley carry sit the back. attacking front? Brighton will yeah. come at you. So, you, so you'd say Brighton, he'd, he'll go for two. I would games. say play Partey and Sambi. You'd, you'd switch Xhaka out. Yeah. If 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 but if 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 Xhaka's fully fit and it's declared fully fit, and it's yeah, just like I'd play Sambi. He'd still play Sambi. Yeah, he's more agile, and I really rate him. No, me too. I think Sambi's fucking unreal talent. But I was just thinking, in my head, I'm like. Can you drop Xhaka if he's fit after that? Xhaka wasn't put under the normal Xhaka pressure that game for some reason. I don't, literally don't he, understand Spurs' bro, game he, plan. He was everywhere, though. Like, I, I, look, I'm not Xhaka's biggest fan. I but the tempo really wasn't like high enough player. to get him caught out. It will be higher tempo. Th- yeah, potentially, yeah. We'll see, we'll see, man, we'll see. Right, do you have anything else you want to bring up? Nah, man, I ain't got anything, really. All right. This has been one of the most positive episodes of North London's Most Red. We've beaten the, we've beaten Spurs in emphatic win. Honestly, at halftime, I was thinking, if we get a couple more here, this will go down in one of them results that gets brought up for decades. 5-0, 6 nil. Yeah. Unfortunately, the second half didn't cement it as one of those, you know, the 5-2s and the 5-1s that people always bring up all the time. But super, super happy result. 3-1 against Spurs is a big result. And hopefully this means that we can continue ascending up the table whilst they go down. Uh, but we'll be back after the Brighton game and we'll see if our prediction for the next five Let's games comes true. 3-2 all over it, man. We'll see you next week. Thank you. <laughs>